0: Welcome to another edition of the Seafood News Podcast Show. I am SeafoodNews.com editor and Erner Barry editor, Michael Ramsing. We are reporting from a very, very rainy and cold, damp, kind of miserable New Jersey. Here, uh, it's uh, April 25th. Uh, The Brussels Seafood Show is underway in Europe. We have a couple representatives from Erner Barry over at the show. So head over to booth number six four eight two, and you can stop by and visit some of Werner Berry's team members out there in Europe. As the show opened uh, today, it will run through April twenty seventh, and we will uh, talk a little bit about the show later on. At least some storylines that we're picking up from the show. Uh, that'll be a little bit later in the program. Uh, but first you, we wanted to, uh, let you know that this show is brought to you by Ernerberry's upcoming seafood import workshop series in Miami on May 23rd. That's a Tuesday in sunny Miami. The weather will certainly or hopefully be a lot better than it is up in the Northeast right now as we try to get out of April and head towards May and head towards the summer but you know, we wanted to let you know about the import workshop because you know the FDA is gonna audit your facility. It might not be next week, it, it might not even be next month, it, it could be a year from now, but the FDA is gonna visit your seafood facility. It's the law. So are you sure you're prepared and compliant with the latest federal regulations? Do you know where your seafood has to plan? Have you dusted it off recently? Have you talked have you spoken to your quality assurance team about the latest regulations that are going on at the federal level well if you haven't you're in luck because we still have seats open for inner workshop at the mbc suites hotel in miami it's on may 23rd now when you buy a ticket to this uh, event you're going to get a full day a full day's worth of compliance training that will help you avoid costly fines seafood warning letters or from having your products automatically detained These are all problems that none of us want to spend our time and money on. We're very busy people here in this industry. So do yourself a favor. Stay off the red list. And get your spot to our workshop today. Head over to earnerberry.com forward slash SIW. That's earnerberry.com forward slash SIW to book your seat and your hotel room if you need one. Or you can give us a call 732-240-5330 and we'd be be happy to process your order on the phone. So uh, come on out. We look forward to having you guys. It'll be a a great day of, of training and education and some networking. We'll have some lunch. Uh, and, and it's in Miami. Who, who could ask for a, you know, it's Miami right before the Memorial Day holiday. Who could ask for a better excuse to get out of the office, to learn some stuff, uh, to bring back, you know, just in time to, for the summer prep and, and all that. So it's been a, a little while since we talked to you guys. And we have a couple stories that we want to feature. Uh, the first, uh, it wouldn't be a, a seafood news broadcast, it seems, or, or a news broadcast. Uh, post, it seems, without mention of Canada's very highly anticipated and, and observed snow crab industry. And we reported earlier in the, in the month that the Gulf of St. Lawrence snow crab quota was officially announced and it, and it beat industry expectations. Uh, the Department of Fishery and Oceans in Canada set the quota at nearly 44,000 metric tons, which was about double the quota from last season. And it was based on a very healthy crab stock in the southern Gulf. Federal surveys in the region said that the biomass was around 100,000 metric tons, which is close to an all-time record volume. We reported earlier on Seafood News and on Underberry's Comtel platform that there were indications that the biomass in the Gulf of St. Lawrence was a bit better than, than originally imagined. And sure enough, it was, and now we have a higher snow crab quota for the Gulf of St. Lawrence. You'll remember that the Newfoundland quota was down, but now that we have the this 44,000 metric tons from the Gulf of St. Lawrence, the expectation is now for Canada's total snow crab output for the coming season to put 27% more crab by volume on the market. Now this is going to have what we think is going to have some impact on wholesale prices you'll remember or recall as long as you've all been paying attention to our coverage on Seafood News on Inner Comtel by listening to this program by watching our videos that the snow crab market in the in, a, in the snow crab that snow crab quotations according to Inner Berry for both Alaskan and Canadian product reached record territory in late 2016 because of severe supply shortages. This was reported at the NFI's conference in San Francisco this past January. These are unprecedented levels for the wholesale market. And it was really uh, born out of a lack of supply. Uh, You will remember that the Newfoundland spring season in 2016 wasn't that productive. And then in the fall, Alaska chopped its quota in half, 50% almost, uh, to the lowest level in over 40 years. These factors combined to limit inventories. Uh, there were some Japanese negotiations in November that put more added pressure on the wholesale market in North America, and thus prices, you know, came very close to reaching eight dollars per pound. They didn't quite touch it, but they came very close. We then had uh, reports in out of Newfoundland that Japanese packers. Uh, that I'm sorry, that you had Japanese snow crab buyers negotiate a $6.95 per pound price with some packers in Newfoundland. Uh, So that was before the Gulf of St. Lawrence snow crab announcement came out. What this has done is it's now added a level of uncertainty in how the snow crab markets are going to behave as we go in towards May, as as we start seeing production come out of the Uh, come out of the Gulf of St. Lawrence and out of Canada in general. Uh, Seafood News reported this week that fishing is now underway in New Brunswick and Area 12. And at this point, everybody is now waiting to see how production trends. This will be a wait and see period. We'll see how things trend. Uh, The Japanese are hesitant to kind of say anything one way or the other. And this is kind of how we'll approach this industry as we go towards Memorial Day. It's going to be a week-to-week thing. So very interesting quota announcement there to the Gulf of St. Lawrence. And we'll continue to monitor that situation. Remember, you can head over to Seafood News and Comtel and search... For uh, crab and snow crab articles uh, on our revamped news pages on Comtel, we have clickable links uh, for keywords underneath the stories that will take you to the uh, that will take you to all of our snow crab coverage out of Newfoundland uh, in the last several weeks. So now we will turn our attention to the Brussels Seafood Show uh, that opened uh, this week, and what we wanted to talk about was what the feeling of the show was going to be as as we head, had as we headed into the show. and one of the one of the uh, and one of the storylines that we thought might have been fun to uh, talk about would be a tale of two cities almost. And what we mean by that is when we look at the US and Canadian seafood industries as the free trade deal be, between the Canada and the European Union, uh, New ratification. Uh, the deal we're talking about specifically is the Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement, which could be approved as early as May 1st. Now, why we think this is interesting is because of the benefits that the Canadian seafood industry is expected to gain over the United States uh, because of this free trade deal. Now, the most immediate impact, which could be felt as early as May 1st, uh, would be on tariffs on live lobster shipments to Europe. Now, currently, uh, live lobster shipments to Europe from both Canadian and, and United States exporters are at about 8%. But if the seeded deal is ratified on May 1st, which actually coincides with the opening of the Prince Edward Island lobster fishery, we could see tariffs on Canadian live lobster exports to Europe uh, drop to zero, practically overnight. Now, we've written some analysis on what we think this could mean for the lobster industries in the U.S. and Canada, and basically, what, what what it looks like is it can give a really big advantage to Canadian exporters when when you have them able to ship their lobsters to Europe duty free versus the U.S. lobster dealers who would have to negotiate deals with European traders with an 8% tariff. Uh, obviously, the first uh, course of action that U.S. operators could take would be to have to lower their export prices just to compete. There are also other political issues going on in the United States that are contributing to some uncertainty when it comes to exporting seafood to uh, our market. But you know, but those things are kind of pale in comparison when you, when you look at the immediate impact from this possible CETA deal. And you know, at the end of the day, the U.S. dollar is still very strong and it should continue to support more seafood sales to our market here. Uh, and since we're not, you know, and, but we're not a really big exporter. So when you look at how we how, how some of our lobster dealers might lose some business to, to the Canadians, it's, it's worth noting. So we'll expect to get more feedback on that as the show carries on this week. We, you know, John Sackton, the editor and publisher of Seafood News is out there. We'll, we'll hear from him. Uh, at some point this week and we'll be able to bring a report back to you guys uh, at at that point so that that's an interesting dynamic there from the show finally what we wanted to touch on uh, kind of sticking with the european theme here uh, is whole salmon and what we've done here is we we were looking at uh, whole salmon shipments to the u.s market and we found that Canada's once dominant share of the whole salmon market here in the United States uh, is, is getting really cut into by European whole salmon product. And what we found was there is a surge in European whole fish making it to this market. Uh, and what it's done is it's reduced the Canadian share uh, here in the U.S. from 70% of, of the volume of, of whole salmon shipments to the U.S. to 55%. Uh, what we're seeing here is an abundance of whole fish coming from Europe. Uh, we're calling it a flood uh, of whole fish to the U.S. market, and really, it's it's really market and price driven. It's not so much demand driven. Now, those of you who are familiar with the salmon market know that demand, global demand. Particularly for salmon, has been at an all-time high or near a record high. It's been unprecedented. It's it's kept markets higher despite lots of production out of Chile, despite production out of Norway, uh, and you know these. This is excluding recent issues in production, but you. It's easy to look at the data and and see that. Their volume that overall, historically speaking, volumes of salmon production and and, pr- and wholesale prices for salmon are each trending at near or at record highs, and that's a very strong indicator of of high demand for salmon among consumers. It makes sense given uh, health push you know health pushes to to try to increase omega three consumption in the United States at least. And but either way, what, what we want to f- uh, say here is that that isn't really what we're seeing. That's Pushing European salmon whole fish to the U.S. market. Rather, what it looks like is because there was so much European whole fish around, it's pulled down prices of some of the whole fish in the year. In, in you know, it's pulled down the prices of of, of European whole fish. We're looking at uh, just from the start of the year a drop of about a dollar per pound on on European whole fish that weighs six to seven kilograms. Now, even though those prices are still high when you look at the historical average, it represents a deal and a value to buyers here in the United States. And given its wide availability, we think that buyers in the U.S. have just been more Uh, apt—they've—they've been more apt to purchase European whole salmon over Canadian whole salmon. Since they're both trending at record highs, but they perceive European whole salmon to be a deal because the prices are down so much since the start of the year. Now, Canadian salmon prices are still at record highs themselves. They're between $3.75 and $4 per pound, according to Ernerberry's quotations. But it's all a perception game, and that's kind of where we fell with this analysis that we published to, to Ernerberry's Comtel and the Seafood News. So... We'll continue to monitor the salmon situation as we go forward. Uh, we will get another round of seafood import data from the U.S. Department of Commerce in the first week of May. We will uh, come back to you guys with some additional analysis on uh, shipments through the first quarter when that happens. So that'll be fun to do. Uh, other than that, uh, looking ahead, we'll, we'll have some more feedback out of the Brussels show. Uh, I will be heading off to Las Vegas for Ernerberry's executive conference and marketing seminar. That is not a seafood event. That is an egg and poultry event that Ernerberry happens to throw every year in Las Vegas. It is the 41st edition of this show. It's a big deal. I go for some... know for some moral support for the team and to just kind of do some grunt work but it's 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 a good time to get out to vegas and meet with some additional customers and things like that as for our seafood news coverage you can continue to head over to seafoodnews.com to check out what we have to offer there there's always some interesting stories coming out of whether it be the the now ongoing canadian crab season uh, the lobster seasons are about to start in prince edward island so, there's a lot, there's always a lot to go on as we head towards Memorial Day. Uh, that is really all we have planned for you t- for today's show. Remember to go and check out urnaberry.com forward slash SIW to register for the show, for the workshop there. Uh, other than that, feel free to give me a call directly at 732 575 1983. 732 575 1983. In case you want to come on to the program or have any comments about the program, I'm happy to, to take any any calls or, or comments uh, and field any questions and actually f- feature them here. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at SeafoodComNews or you can follow me directly at Michael Ramsing. Uh, otherwise, uh, have a great day, a great week.